Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Tom, Al, and I are back. Since the last episode, we did more of a uh, perspective on uh, the year 2023. For the new episode and a new year, we thought we'd do a prospective, looking ahead and talking about uh, what we hope for um, in uh, 2024 and how we square that with the principles of emotional sobriety. But first, I thought I'd check in with you guys. How's it going, Alan, Tom? I'm doing good. It's like, uh, actually, I feel like I've turned to, on a personal note, just, just in terms of my health and, and feeling good, I've turned a corner in the last week and uh, um, feel feel better than I have in a long long time. So happy to be here with you guys. And is prospective an actual word? I, I'm an English major. I should know this. But is it? It's the highest form of spective. It's the most professionalized version of it. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea if it's a word. Well, Alan's the one that first used it, right? <laughs> yeah. So he has yeah. he has to be the one to tell us this is a real it's word. A look, it's it's a like, is it like Scrabble? Is this is this a real right, word? Here it is. Here's here's the word. Here's the definition. All right. All right. The possibility or likelihood of some future event occurring. Okay. Or I like prospective, it. Right. There you go. I like it a lot. Okay. Well, I'll I'll start if you guys don't mind. Well, how's Alan doing? Oh yeah, sorry, Jesus. You know, I I'm in a lot of pain, man. I I've got this issue going on with my left hip. When I was 13 years old, I had a slipped epiphysis. Try to say that with no saliva in your mouth. You had a what? Slipped epiphysis. Oh my God! Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have that just because I couldn't pronounce it. It's like. <laughs> So it's when the ball of your femur mm -hmm. slips out of the socket of your hip. Epiphysis. So what they did when I was, and what it did, it created a tremendous pain in my left knee. I mean, I was limping at 12 years old, went to all these, these docs and they kept looking at my knee and nobody could figure it out. And it wasn't my knee, it was my hip. And the knee, yeah. the pain in my knee was what they call referred pain. So the, mm -hmm. so the pediatric um, orthopedic surgeon put three pins in my hip, put them in on an angle so it seated the ball up into the socket so it wouldn't come out, right? They were like wow. screws, right? these long yeah. screws, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that was 58 years ago. So lately, I've been feeling this pain. I thought that I pulled a hip flexor because it was right here up on my yeah. up on my hip. And I, I was going to a chiropractor for four weeks and no improvement, getting a lot of massage. And then I said, I've got to go see an orthopedic surgeon to see what's going right. on. Some pictures of the hip. So two problems. I've got severe arthritis in that hip. I'm bone on bone. Mm. That's That's... Part of the problem, the bigger problem in terms of the acute pain is one of the screws has worked its way down. And now every time I move, it's scraping the inside of my socket on my hip. Damn, that hurts all the way down here in Nashville, man. When you say it. I started to say bless your heart, but bless your hip, man. And your knee. Oh my God, man. So, you know, he looked at me and he says, look, I can give you a cortisone shot. I'll give you some relief. But then I couldn't do surgery for a long time. He says, you need a total hip replacement. So I'm scheduled for surgery on February 21st to get a total hip. All right. 
I've n- I have not had anybody that I know who's had a hip replacement who didn't didn't just swear by it. Mine's a little complicated because they've got to get rid of those screws. Yeah. And what he said was, from what it looks like in the x-rays, they're very close together. So he's going to have to get a drill bit that's hollowed out and drill them out. Wow. So it's going to leave quite a, a, a hole in my leg. Now, hopefully that he's going to be able to put some stuff around it to strengthen the bones. So I'm not going to have any problems. So it's not going to be your typical hip replacement because mm-hmm. of that complication mm-hmm. or that that issue yeah. that they have to deal with. Yeah. But he still was pretty confident that he's, he says, look, the, the big difference is going to be instead of you being in the surgery for 45 minutes, I'm going to have to be in there for an hour and a half with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So look, if he can fix that. Now, the problem I'm having with this, I cannot sleep. I did not go to bed until about 3.30 last night. And I got up at about 7.30 this morning. Um, the pain, so this this hurt this hurts whether you're moving or not. It's that's, I mean, man that that's the worst. I had some some serious back pain a uh, few many years ago, but but I realized talking to other people, I was blessed because whenever I would sit still or lie down, the pain was the pain was relieved, and, and I didn't have that experience where where basically you're hurting no matter what. I can't even imagine that. Oh, I, I can hardly find a, a place to be comfortable. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've been very, very cautious about the medication I'm using. But the truth is, even the, when I've tried to do tramadol and I just do a half of uh, whatever the, the dose is that they gave me, it st- doesn't even touch the pain. And um, I've they've given me a few sleeping pills, some Ambien that I take every now and again with it. But I don't want to do that. You know, it's, I know want to be cautious about that stuff so mm-hmm. the last few nights i've just tried to do it with melatonin and the melatonin can't put me to sleep this is the pain's too great wow so you know i'm just gonna count on you know maybe every three days or so i'll i'll use a half of an ambient to try to get about six seven eight hours sleep if i can and try to just limp through literally and physically and psychologically until i get to the surgery so and when is that, the surgery in february February 21st. Now I'm trying to get it moved up. And um, I was going to say, that doesn't sound like long for me, but if I was in pain, it would seem like a long time well, away. I'm ready to go next Monday. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Monday wouldn't be soon enough, right? Can I go into this afternoon? I mean, it's that kind of a thing. So that's what I'm dealing with. And look, you know, um, you know, one of the challenges of that is that when I get, you know, what do we say? Be careful of halt, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm definitely tired and I've got to really pay attention to regulating myself and, and really being careful. Surprisingly, I'm doing a pretty good job with that right now. I've been really monitoring my tone of voice and stuff like that with the girls. Mm-hmm. I think I'm doing okay. I, I'm, I'm for some reason, I'm very, very aware. Awareness helps so much. I got to tell you mm-hmm. in terms of self-regulation, you know, I think sometimes we underestimate the importance of, of just being aware of yourself and listening to your tone of voice, what you're saying, how you're saying it, and really tuning in. And I've been doing that lately, and it's really helped to monitor myself that way a lot. That's such a, that's such a big deal. It's like when I'm, and probably you do this as well, Alan, when I'm working with couples, 
a lot of times I feel like I'm a director of a, a play or something because I'm just I'm just giving direction about how how to deliver the lines. And very, very often the lines themselves are fine what they're saying to each other. But I'm saying, you know, do it this way. And sometimes sometimes I'll just I'll just do like a director would do. And I'll just kind of show them what I want them to do. And, uh, uh, you know, now I, I did have one. I have one of those little movie clackers. What are those called? Uh, um, Patrick, you would know. The, yeah, the, you we, know. We, we call them the sticks. The sticks. Okay. I have those in my office. And so uh, that one guy I know pretty well, I, I said to him not too long ago, I said, I said, okay, let's redo that scene. And I said, only this time play it as if you're not an asshole, you know? And, 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 and I know this guy very well. He, he, he smiled at me and he delivered the line perfectly. He did a beautiful job of, of, and I, I didn't ask him not to be an asshole. I just asked him to play it as if he were not an asshole. I told, I told him that later. I said, I didn't, I wasn't asking you to stretch too far, but it was amazing how much just delivering the line differently can make a difference. And I love the idea that you realize that some of what you can do is just, is simply behavioral. It's like, I just, I just need to watch my, my, my volume, my tone, you know, and sometimes right. just my speed with which I respond, you know, just put some space in there uh, because we, we're so reactive when we're in pain. Yeah. And my yeah. understanding of emotional sobriety or how we can, it's about bringing the best possible attitude. And when I think about your physical discomfort and pain, Alan, and when I think about, you know, your cancer treatment uh, last mm -hmm. year, Tom, me stoved up in the hospital. Like, I don't know, tell me what you think of this, but for me, emotional sobriety, it, it includes the like giving ourselves the latitude to not yep. have the best attitude sometimes <laughs> and to feel like shit and to just like not be um, to kind of have like a chaotic brain, you know, in, in the well, context. You, it's realistic. Of, yeah. You factor you factor in the circumstance, and that is part of that's the realistic part of the circumstance. It's not like, you know, because otherwise what we're doing is treating ourselves that we have too much in the past, which is I shouldn't be feeling this way. Well, tough. I am feeling this way, you know, yeah. so I need to figure that out. And 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 basically that's a great example where that's not giving yourself a break where you're letting yourself off the hook. That's giving yourself a break so that you have a better chance of actually uh, making an improvement and, and being better in a relationship. You know, I gotta, you know, I, I, I gotta realize I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be short with people right now because of this. So I really need to put extra effort into it. It's really compassion for yourself. Yeah, that's right. I've got to call myself out. I uh, so okay. I think I've tracked it. This is the third week in a row that we've done a show where I've kind of been uh, shooting from the hip a little bit in terms of like getting, uh, you know, our whatever our like narrative theme is for the episode going before mm -hmm. uh, Alan has had time to check in before you've had time to check in and and I just got a, a full disclosure. I think it just comes from like an anxiety I have about like earning my keep as a producer or like feeling like the way that I can show up the best in this show is to kind of uh, ramrod the conversation in a direction when that's not, you know, I don't think that's really like what the essence of the show is. And uh, I, uh, for whatever reason, I think lately I've just been a little bit jumpy with all that. And I usually fix in the editing, but I'll probably leave this little gaff in just to, to let everyone know that, uh, I'm working through some stuff. Well, for and I'll just speak for myself, but yeah, de def definitely 
let's not leave Allen out of the check-ins. That, that's a good thing. Make a note of that. But don't stop shooting from the hip because I think you do a good job with that. And I think and and I know I, I think we both do, but I, I know for sure I I respond really well to that. And I and I like I like the spontaneity of the conversation. Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you, I'm just going to ask Tom first, like, uh, what do you want to do this year? Eat, eat food. Uh, I've been, I've, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been using this feeding tube for the last several months because of my throat. <clears throat> and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the possibility of getting the feeding tube out within the next, I don't know if I'm being realistic, but the next three weeks or less, maybe. Uh, and, um, you know, my, my taste isn't back. My, you know, the, the my whole mouth and throat is messed up. But I'm, I know I'm moving in that direction. I want I want a Subway sandwich. That's what I want this year. That's, that's I mean, I don't know why that's the one. But it's like I just, I just landed on a Subway sandwich one time and thought, I just, I need to have that back. So, and then what that represents for me is just getting, getting back to normal. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Take away the stuff that's been taken away, and boy, I can feel, I can feel grateful for the the smallest things. You know, it's like so. I'm really looking for, I'm really looking forward to just getting back into, uh, to, to. I would, well, I've been saying it on here for a while, but I just want to be a norm, normal boy. That's what I want for 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 2024. It's it's amazing how much we take those basic things for granted, Tom. Isn't well, it's it? it's like, impossible not to because if we were tr tracking everything we needed to be grateful for every day, we would be completely abs absorbed with that. I always use the example of like, um, but but just, but but so instead of beating ourselves up for not being grateful, sometimes it's like I always say like you know nobody nobody is nobody walks around feeling grateful for being able to swallow. I do, I do now because I was having trouble swallowing or even yeah. just some uh, I've used an example in the past, even if you just have a sore throat and yeah. then, and then you know, for the, for the, for, for at least a day or two after you had the sore throat, you're just grateful for, for swallowing, you know, and, and being able not to have that, that pain. So I think I, I like the idea that we just scan for those, those opportunities to, to, to experience gratitude. Uh, the way I relate to that is my knee um, is just starting to bend a little bit. I'm doing a bunch of physical therapy on it and I'm walking around on it and doing exercises. Thank you. Um, but I would have never, I never, I didn't think anything of it, my mobility uh, before the accident. And now yeah. I think everything of it. And uh, I, I also desire to get back to a normal, um, move back to where I was living before, um, my it's going to take some time. You know what I mean? Like, I think uh, another uh, dimension of this is to not um, to not try and fast track uh, the return to normal um, past what my you know reasonable capabilities are, um, because, you know, I think that's where it gets into expectations. Right. And just kind of imposing something on top of my life that it can't really accommodate just yet. So, um, yeah, I feel you on that. Like, uh and Subway sandwich is a pretty good go-to, I gotta say. Yeah. Well, you know, what just what just occurred to me is 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 and and you guys tell me if I'm over I'm I'm, I'm over emphasizing this, but it's like like I just realized you and I both just just use the word normal in a way that we take it for granted and that that normal is has an objective meaning. It's like, you know, it's like what what do I mean by normal? What do you mean by normal? Like what how I how I was before. 
is what we mean. It's like the truth is, in, in, if we're really living fully present in the, the, this moment, whatever you and I are experiencing is our normal. You know, I am not eating a Subway sandwich today. That's that's my normal today. You are you are you know able to drive your car a little bit. You're learning to do that. You're learning to bend your knee a little bit. That's your normal at, right now. So if we're really fully in the present, we're not because in a way we're not doing it with like great dissatisfaction, but we're we're still doing the human thing where we're setting up a comparison in which we're dissatisfied with the present moment. Can I say no. something to that real quick? Because I, I just, it's, I'm really responding to it, which is that in 2023, in the run up to my accident, I was uh, bouncing around like a bee everywhere. I mean, I went on multiple plane trips. You know, I, I went to Thailand, I went to New York City, mm -hmm. I went to Boston. Um, there's probably other places I went that I'm forgetting now. Oh, uh, I went to Las Vegas to watch something at the Sphere. Um, and, I, and in between all that time, I was doing a bunch of um, art stuff for me. I was doing a bunch of little professional things and trying to figure out like what kind of career I'm going to have. And then in the backdrop of all that, my relationship uh, with Maddie was ending and uh, you know, I was doing the therapy <laughs> and the different things uh, to try and, and, and hold on to that. But then uh, ultimately ending that relationship. And anyway, like I say all this uh, as kind of like a, a just to kind of at the moment I slipped and fell from the rocks. Um, I think that there was a lack of presence there. And that is uh, a, definitely something I've identified in my life. And it absolutely ties into my addiction <laughs> uh, wow. that, uh, you know, I just I'm always just like a little bit checked out. I'm always kind of like not sure. I'm not fully inhabiting the moment. Not always. Not of, always. I'm just yeah. I'm picking, but, but not always. Yeah, yeah. Not it always. Can be. Um, it can be. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I'll just. I'll just wrap up by saying this is that um, this year I have one travel thing planned and that is to go see Herb and uh, Alan speak in London at this, uh, this friendly circle Berlin conference mm -hmm. that's coming up. And uh, besides that, I am going to try and be present <laughs> and that doesn't mean uh, not uh, trying things and not uh, being faithful in my work and not, you know, uh, approaching my life with a degree of ambition. But I think that like, I just need to kind of not get over my skis about like uh, what my life is supposed to be and just really try and be uh, more receptive Beautiful. to kind of like what's in the moment. So I, that's kind of what you made me think of. Maybe the way the distinction is instead of using the word normal, talk about what is, you know, it's that when we focus on what is, it's not about whether it's normal, not normal. It's just what is going on. And it doesn't matter what, it. if what kind of label you put on it, whether you mm -hmm. put a, maybe if you mm -hmm. put a label on it, probably make it harder to deal with what is. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's the truth of it is. But I, I think the way that, that, that we use normal in this context is the expectation part of it. Yep. See, we expect, I think I told you guys this with what I've gone through this past year, I expected you just somehow, you know, copy today, cut it, and then paste it in tomorrow as though it's mm -hmm. just going to continue on. And it's such a such a unconscious expectation mm -hmm. you know, if, you, if you said hey alan you're doing that i'd say god that's not a great idea i mean the, there's no room for things being different and changing right mm -hmm. so so it, it's very interesting you know how we deal with all of that stuff so my hope for this year a couple things is you know 
we, we appreciate the feedback we get on this show and whether it's something you like or don't like, we want to hear about it. And, you know, you're, you're welcome to address any of us. If I say something you don't like, send me an email. You have my email address. If Patrick says something, or send it to Patrick and he'll share it with us and just direct it to whoever you've got the beef with. Is look, you know, I'm always open to feedback and looking at what's going on. You know, and the same with, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. It's like, if we don't take things personal, you know, it doesn't mean that we can't learn from feedback. Right. Right. The way somebody communicates what they don't like, what's going on is who they are. But there may be some gems in it that we can take a look at that might help us be the person we want to be. But, you know, once again, I'm not here to live up to anybody's expectations. Neither are you guys. Um, and nobody's here to live up to my expectations. You know, right. we're talking about how we feel, what we're doing and how we're trying to figure things out in our life. And I want to stay centered in that this year. I tell you what, something you said really is important, I think, is you, you know, because I think it's, it's something as simple as, as that we repeat often is don't take things personally. It's 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 simple, not easy. And 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 it's, it's like in, in even defining it. But what you just said is and, I, and I'm just going to take a stab at, at, at paraphrasing is that. It's just because we don't I don't take something personally doesn't mean I don't take it seriously. Doesn't mean I'm not listening to you. I'm not doesn't mean I'm not taking you seriously. It's like you know, or the, or because I think a lot of times when we you know we talk about not taking things personally, people can misunderstand that we're saying don't care what anybody thinks, you know, right. which absolutely is a problem. You know, it's like now now there may be people in our lives that you know have a track record with us who where i go like there are some people i know that basically i don't really care what they think because because i don't you know i i don't trust what they what they have to say anyway i you know i don't i don't take i don't take what they're saying really seriously but those people are very rare in my in my life i mean most everybody else there's something there's a reason and and i don't want to expect other people give us feedback and do it perfectly so the, the the truth the truth is we're not going to be perfect. They're not going to be perfect, and so the idea is not taking it personally. Really, is just an internal process of not taking it on, you know, in 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 those hurtful ways that at least in my life that, that should monster has taken over the whole thing and 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 wrecked it. Or I've gone the opposite way and just become ridiculously defensive. And you know how oh no how dare you so. And and I just want to say for for the audience, if you if I say things that you don't like, uh, let Alan and Patrick know. <laughs> I love you, man. That's how you do that. So that's good. That's right. It's safe with me. If if you say if I say something that's you don't right. like, Patrick and Tom. That's, that's good. That's good, Tom. That's funny. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, the other thing that we talked about last Thursday night that I thought really was something that was important. You know, we talk about it all the time. You know, what the other person is doing is not about who you are. It's about who they are. That's well, right. the side of that is what I'm doing is not about who you are. It's about who I am. That's right. And so that same thing applies. And, and I think it's always good when we're talking about not taking things personally and, and understanding what it means is it's telling us about the other person. Also, how we're reacting is not saying anything about the other person. It's saying something about us. And mm -hmm. it's always for us to, to keep in mind that, that, you know, that these things apply, you know, and that's what I love about these things. We're not just talking about, 
who everybody else is. This is also about how we function and what's going on for us. So it applies for us. Everything we say about like not taking what the other person's doing personally, it's also a good reminder that what we're doing is not about the other person. It's about who we are. Mm-hmm. So that's a very good thing to keep in mind. So one of the things I want to do this year is like with that, see, that's something new we're talking about at the end of mm-hmm. uh, really at the beginning of this year. And this year, I want to start to extend the conversation. We've been doing an amazing job. I think rarely do our programs repeat, you know, subject matter. We've been pretty good at continuing to find things. And and that's something I want to really focus on this year is really looking at emotional sobriety and continue to push the boundaries of it extend the boundaries of it, increase my awareness of it and my consciousness of it. And to do that and to do that, we expand that consciousness and those listeners that we have this year. So that's one of the thing goals I have. Um, I'm really um, excited about the Thursday night meeting that continues to be strong. We had 165 people in it the other night, which is fantastic from all over the world. Um, which is great. And, you know, there's some other exciting things coming up this year, right? You know, I am hoping that we're going to be able to do that emotional sobriety uh, retreat over at my house in September this year, Mm -hmm. where, you know, we're going to, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to try to get a permit so we can have about 40 campers on my property. I got four acres here. You can bring your tent and and camp out. We'll be barbecuing. I'm going to have a brand new swimming pool that's going to be opened up and we're going to have a stage for some bands playing and for us to have speakers up and we'll have some workshops some breakouts and stuff like that so it's going to be a wonderful weekend well you could you could sleep in a tent if you want to but i'm sleeping in your bed alan i know you are yeah you are (laughs) okay Uh, whether you're there or not i'm there it's like (laughs) We're going to be handing out copies of Marcus Aurelius's meditations. I, I, I'll, uh, have, yeah. I'll have copies of Marcus Aurelius. But I tell you what, one of the things you just said, I love this, is taking it deeper. And because I had already just made a note here to myself that what we're what we were talking about too about the not taking it personally. I'm I'm thinking in terms of the work I do with communication with folks is one of the things I work with people on a lot, and that that I actually never thought of it specifically in terms of the language of emotional sobriety, but it absolutely fits. The skill set, I mean, yeah, it really is a skill set to develop where you're able during conversations to keep your defenses down because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, defense begets defense. So so if one of us is in a, we're, we're in a conversation with each other, the truth is beyond even our um, our conscious awareness, if, if, I, if I respond, if I react with a defensiveness, it's very likely that you're going to, your next line is going to be defensive back. Now, it doesn't mean we have to stay there. We need to be able to manage that and get the, you know, and, and I help people try to keep their defenses down. But one of the, one of the points I wanted to make is that I think is very connected to emotional sobriety, and that's emotional sobriety. What, what I'm thinking we need to talk about is good, good, what is good communication and emotional sobriety, because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot, lot of t- tenets of, of communication that really do fit into our definition of, of emotional sobriety, and one of them is the absolute need for clarification in good communication. That we do not, you know, we talk about you don't have to be you don't have to be perfect. The truth is we. As a, if a conversation is going to be spontaneous, back and forth, back and forth, 
we need we need to have our defenses down enough. We need to be uh, not taking things personally to the point where we have an opportunity to clarify. You know, it's like, I, wait a minute, I think you misunderstood something I said. Let me go back and, and clarify this. Or, you know, or or I might ask you, I, say, I don't think I understand what you're saying or I find myself kind of offended by it. So can you can you clarify that? And it's amazing if you can, and you can't clarify unless your defenses. Uh, you see, I'm doing using my hands to, to describe this constantly. It's keeping those defenses down. Uh, and when you can do that, even a couple of extra moves in a conversation with a couple, where you can keep the defenses down so that they can clarify a couple of things, makes all the difference in the world in terms of communication because because all it takes is one one just just reflex uh defensive statement sets up the defense and then you're you know, we've all been there and they were off you know and 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 you know most of us have been in a relationship where, where we even know that it's screwed up now but we continue the conversation for the next three hours you know it, it, it's silly but but it, but we do it because we get we feel desperate and so uh anyway so that i just my two senses let's do let's do good communication and emotional emotional sobriety good communication yeah yeah i i think one of the other things i'm hoping for this year tom is to finally start to collaborate with you on some of the writing now that i'm coming out of my depression and mm -hmm. to us to get together and maybe even spend a weekend together at some point and really get okay. focused the things that we want to do i'd love to do that um you know one of the things that you and i talked about patrick was at some point doing a documentary on emotional sobriety and it's oh, cool. some grants right to get some money in to to shoot that documentary so i want to talk to you about doing that because i think there's some money out there that we could probably tap into and you know get you know, get some support and doing a real good documentary because I think that it's it's becoming now the, you know, probably the next wave in recovery if it continues to build like it's building. Like mm -hmm. I said, this month, the uh, AA grapevine, a whole article or the whole grapevine is dedicated to emotional sobriety. Now, when I read it, I'm a bit disappointed because I think that there's still not integrating some of what Bill talked about in understanding what it is. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that if you guys pick up the grapevine, and we might want to do that. We might want to take a, that grapevine someday and mm -hmm. sit down and go through some of the stories and talk about them. And it's not that the stories aren't inspirational. They are. But I think sometimes that they miss describing what is happening there and understanding it in the context of emotional sobriety. So um, they put it more into, I think, the typical language that people use in recovery program, right? Mm -hmm. And I, that's a bit mysterious and I, because I'm not being specific enough. But I really think let's plan a future, a couple future meetings of each of us getting our hands on it. I, I, I subscribe to the grapevine, so I get one each month. But you guys order one. And mm -hmm. then let's read the stories and go through some of the stories. And then let's just talk about them. Well, what that is, is it's not about, and that's the other thing I think it's about emotional sobriety too. It's getting out of the, the all or none is always good for yeah. most often good. And, and the idea of, of what you're describing is you're not saying, oh, they're doing it wrong. So let's, let's do this. But we're talking about, we've been exploring this together. We've been putting our heads together for quite a while now to put this on here. And, 
my at least I can say for myself, my my concept and my understanding of emotional sobriety has deepened over over these these years. And it is like so what we're talking about is take those kinds of things and let's Absolutely. just look at them closer, deeper. Uh, and it. and and it's and it actually goes back to my my previous point, but which is clarification. Let's see what this actually means. What do you think about this? And it's it's like, um, yeah, it's not. You know, we always talk about you know you don't you don't substitute, you don't subtract, but you add. You know, that's what we talk to our clients about a lot of times. And this is what we do with these concepts. It's like let's let's learn more about it. Let's 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 look let's look closer at it. And yeah, I, love I, that. I was able to communicate that in the way I did. I'm, I'm not. I, I think it's wonderful. The grapevine has come out with the title, even yeah. just the title is yeah. wonderful. So I'm not, I'm not critical at all of it. I just want to extend the conversation. Yes. It's really what I want to do. You know, what's funny is um, just before you brought up kind of these, uh, these great ideas for future shows and uh, an emotional sobriety documentary, I was going to ask you something about going into the new year Um and like my concern about myself being right sized. And uh, and then I reflected that like one of the things I think has really been like a help in my recovery and is really kind of like it's 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 a strong infusion of hope that I've had uh since the beginning, which is that like Alan, you've never uh discouraged me from dreaming big and you've never suggested that um you know uh that we have that we must proceed through our recovery as kind of like sick people or as like uh or as people mm -hmm. that like you know we where we need to kind of like um go after the things we want in life with kind of like a bubble wrap on um and i think like you know whereas you know you need a, a healthy dose of caution you need like a, a healthy dose of humility as as you proceed through life and go after the things you want like i also i want to do things like make documentaries i want to do things like produce shows and uh, I, I'm loath to use the word content because that always feels like kind of you're reducing uh, what, whatever the thing is that you're making a new commodity. But like um, I've always wanted to be a storyteller. But then again, I, I also like to have my knee bend. So I'm kind of trying mm -hmm. to find uh, uh, some, somewhere in, in my normal where I where those two things can be satisfied, you know. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's cool, man. Well, I'm excited about this coming year. I mean, I'm, you know, we got a lot of fun things coming up. I'm going to be doing a, a weekend retreat at the Wilson House before we go over to Europe. And um, I'm hoping that a few other things in Europe are going to, I have that Gestalt therapy group, and I've been joined by some people that knew of Walter but never met him. And they reached out to me to connect, and they've joined my training program. So I may be doing a workshop in Czechoslovakia this year. So, oh wow! These are connections from from Kempler, right? Yeah, from Kempler, from way oh, back. Oh, wow, cool! Yeah, like distant, cool. like they're distant relatives of yours. All right, guys. Well, great show, and I look forward to our future. We don't say Happy New Year now. We say, uh, you know, let's all look ahead to uh, the next twelve months. We're going to crush it, crush it, and not be crushed. That's the goal. Crush it, not be crushed, and go Bears. Tinge your life. Tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you